Welcome back to the Loftcast, QPR's official club podcast. On this week's episode, we look back on last weekend's defeat to Middlesbrough, reflect on the latest Forever R's inductions and look ahead to Saturday's trip to Bristol City. We're also joined by R's right-back, Darnell Furlong. Andy, Paul, thanks for joining us on today's podcast. Let's start, if we have to, I guess, by looking back on Saturday's defeat to Middlesbrough at Loftus Road. A 3-0 defeat, a, a fair result Andy but perhaps the final scoreline was a little bit unjust yeah certainly a fair result you know I thought uh, Middlesbrough showed what we know they're all about on the day you know we've, they've spent heavily uh, I certainly expected them to go straight back up so um, so yeah good side so yeah the results on the day never in doubt 3-0 maybe a little bit harsh but uh it is what it is and that's what it was it is what it is reminds me of a former QPR manager speaking of QPR managers the current QPR manager Ian Holloway named the same team didn't he um, for the game against Borough after a fine win against Burton a week earlier no surprise there Moss no it's one of those where you're a little bit damned if you do and damned if you don't because had he made changes and we lose 3-0 people say we've just gone to Burton we've won 3-1 we we look good we look confident and he's made changes and Mm. Why not stick with the, the winning team? So it was no surprises that he, he stuck with the 11 players that got such a good result at the Pirelli Stadium. And OK, over the course of the 90 minutes, I don't think too many could argue that Middlesbrough deserved all three points. But that's not to say we didn't start the game well. And we no, were the first 15, the 20 minutes were, were really nip and tuck, weren't they? There weren't very many clear-cut chances. But if you go a go ahead in that, initial quarter of an hour it's a different game altogether mm. as I say as, well, as you said and I said on commentary you know the first 15-20 minutes I thought we probably slightly shaded it mm. um, you know Tony Pulis we got him on camera quite close up he was going mad with his team I saw Ben Gibson having a right argument with uh, his defensive partner Ayola yeah. so they weren't happy in that first 20 minutes but say time and time again the goals changed games the first goal that we conceded you know from a set play poorish goal if you like poor defending if you like someone's switched off and once you go a goal down against a team like that they showed their quality and you know Tony Pulis whatever people may say about Tony Pulis once his teams do go a goal up Mm. away from home you know it's going to be a long way back and what annoyed Ian Holloway at the full time whistle was with the manner of that first goal we'll touch on the second goal which annoyed him even more but the manner of the first goal they do a lot of we're, we're sitting here recording this at Arlington they do a lot of work on attacking and defending set pieces corner kicks um, and like you say it wasn't just one free header it was two free headers the one at the front post and then the, the easy one at the back post from Ayala just to guide it home you know there's very I wouldn't mind seeing stats but you know sometimes from set plays uh, I think the stats from the first contact scoring are far fewer than the second one Mm. so the first one's really important the first Mm. touch if you like or the first contact if you like but the second one's vital so uh, you know we lost the first header at the near post and we switched off at the back post 1-0 down against a really good side Yeah very much so and then of course the hammer blow um, and it was a hammer strike wasn't it Uh, from George Friend on 34 minutes an unstoppable strike but could we have defended it better? Ian Holloway certainly thought we could. I think you can always defend any situation better. First of all, hell of a strike. I think I'm... No, as it went, I just went, wow. Because it Reminds was... Might be a little bit of yours, uh, QPR against Man City. First that wasn't as good as that. <laughs> <laughs> no. It certainly went in the top corner like your one. Uh, it was better than that because it was further. But uh, So, yeah, hell of a strike. 
unstoppable strike. But yeah, I'm sure Ian and the coaching staff and even the players, you know, George Friends picked just it up. Just close the ball down quick. Yeah, over nearest man, just, just go and shuffle across and leave your man. Take on. it in the bread basket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. It shows why I never made it at any level in uh, football because I saw that goal and just thought, that's a great goal, a great strike. If you're Alex Smithies, more often than not, you say, I'll, I'll take a, yeah. a shot from that distance. 35 yards. And that was my initial view. Well, you know, there's not a lot you can do about it. Afterwards, that, okay, the, the first goal annoyed Ian Holloway, but he was really annoyed with that the second the goal. of his post yeah, comments. was, we should not have allowed George Friend to, to travel that far with the ball and, and get that shot off. And if when he does, that there's no one there to, to take it. If you were on the pitch, would have you been looking at your centre-halves or defensive midfielders and saying, come on, lads, you should have done better there? Or... or Probably the way the team's set up. My first thought of call is, you know, because... If because they shuffled the ball from right to left, yeah, didn't they? Quite they, they, they moved it quite quickly, so uh, and that's the best way to catch you off guard, really. That's where they'll create... The space is always on the opposite side of the pitch. Um, but probably the way we're set up, the opposition fullbacks are always going to have more space yeah. because we play three in the middle of the arc, or yeah. five, if you like. With uh, So, yeah, but as soon as Friend picks it up, he's, he's probably given a little too much time uh, and space. But still a hell of a strike and sometimes you just hold your hands up. So 2-0 at the break and that forced Ollie really to make some decisions. He gambled a little bit, didn't he? He bought on Bright and, and Matt Smith um, for, for young Ote and Bidwell. So two attacking players for one attacking player and one defensive-minded player. And for quarter of an hour or so, maybe even 20 minutes, Rangers were more of a threat, weren't they? Matt Smith had a couple Matt of Smith early Matt Smith caused a lot of problems, didn't he? He did. He was handful as he mm. always is. And you know, Gibson's an England international with high hopes of going to the World Cup this summer. Um, but Smith and Robinson, Robbo had that one at the back post, in mm. there, And then before the third goal arrived, Lynch shot straight at Randolph as well. But you just sense that Borough were a threat on the counter-attack. Triore, probably the best player you've seen at, at Loftus Road this season since? Yeah, I think so. Uh, raw pace. Raw pace, ability. which sometimes you... That's one thing you really, really can't stop unless you foul people. That's pace. Yeah. Uh, you can, did you feel like you were watching a Premier League side? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it felt like uh, that, The it? way they... Once they got in control of the game, you know, they wrestled the initiative away from us after that first 15, 20 minutes, got ahead. But the, the way they kept the ball, their composure, their the movement, um, their pace, their organisation. For me, they looked the real deal and uh, I probably put the kiss of death on them at the start of the season because yeah. I expect them to win the league. In, in last week's podcast, remember we spoke about Steve Gibson's comments at the start of the season saying we're, we're looking to smash the division yeah. and go up as champions and we're saying, you know, well, look, they're ninth in the table. You can almost understand why he's come out with that comment yeah. when you see them, the level they're capable of if playing. If they played like that every week, they'd be right at the top. Yeah, Joel rewards. Lynch said afterwards, if they played to that level every week, they'd pretty much do every team in the yeah. division. Yeah. yeah, I'd agree with that. With, with similar, not ease, I think that's a bit harsh in QPR, but certainly they'd be capable of, a, of winning most games they played if they were able to play to that level. When you go back in that dressing room, Paul spoke to Joel Lynch on the Monday, I think, after the game, but when you go back in that dressing room, do you sometimes just, as professionals, just have to hold your hands up and admit you got beat by the better team on the day? Yeah, very Is much that so. conversation that you remember having during your career? Oh, without a doubt, yeah. There's, there's times, Is it easier so. to take those defeats in a bizarre way? You think, you know yeah. what, there's nothing... Well, you, you, you don't always do something, but, yeah. but it, you know, that they were just better rather than looking back on the game and going, crikey, if we'd have done this right or that right... Well, there's, thing, some... there's things I'm sure the, the, the coaching staff and the management and the players themselves know they could have done better. There right. always is. Like yeah. 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 There, there, there always is. Even when you win games, there's things you can do better. You can learn from winning you can learn from losing but sometimes you just feel and I've been there many 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 times for various clubs 
you sit in the dressing room and you just go, you know, played against him today. I've had no change out of him. Yeah. It's not for the lack of trying or changing your game up or, or, or trying things. And as a team, sometimes you just go, you know what, on the day, they've got quality all around the pitch and they were better than us, player for player, all over the pitch. And you learn from it. You don't get too downhearted by it. Do you, do you reckon that's a conversation that happened in the Man U dressing room after you lot slapped them 4-1? <laughs> <laughs> They're just better than us. I think it was more to do with Fergie asking where they had been the night before on New Year's <laughs> Eve, I think, rather than... Uh, just going back to you talk about work rate and you know we couldn't have given any more. And you sense that because the crowd stayed with QPR, didn't they? Even at 2-0, there wasn't... I don't want to go back to the Brentford game where people were left in their hordes, but there wasn't that resignation as such on the pitch and then off the pitch it was the same they stuck with them and you can accuse this QPR side maybe on Saturday of not being good enough but the work rate and the commitment and the endeavour was there throughout the 90 minutes and if you're a supporter and you're seeing that you go away quite encouraged by that I guess albeit the result wasn't what you were looking for I, I certainly saw some QPR fans on Saturday evening and you know they were you know we got beat by the better side but mm. fair play to the lads they didn't cave in they kept going even at two and three I think that's the majority of what people would have thought on Saturday and you couldn't bear thinking that or witnessing that, you know. Better side, good side. You know, I actually um, thought we played better in that in the game on Saturday than we have in games that we've potentially drawn at We kept the ball we kept the ball at times really, really well. Did we go anywhere with it? Could we play forward a little bit yeah, quicker? Did possibly. we create a lot? That's probably the, the the downside of the performances but you know Alex Smithies wasn't called on to make save after save mm. after save after save I think it was three shots on target yeah. three goals for them so they were clinical we didn't make horrendous ricks you know so I don't think it was a, a really bad performance but it was a really bad result but yeah. uh, against a really good side Darnell thank you for joining us on the Loftcast we've just been reflecting on the game against uh, Middlesbrough on Saturday and came to the conclusion that 3-0 was perhaps rather harsh at the full-time whistle, but it was a tough game, wasn't it? They were a very good side. Before you walked in here, you just said it was a, a really tough game and that, that yeah. proved to be the case. Yeah, no, they've got quality players, so it was always going to be a difficult, difficult game for us, but um, 3-0 I don't think really is a true reflection of how it went. You know, I mean, you could say that over the course of 90 minutes, maybe they were a bit better than us, yep. but... For it to be three 0 it's not really, doesn't really add up, you know. Um, but for us to go into the game uh, having beaten Burton and you know with all that um, like form that we had in the part in the past games before, you know, we were looking forward to it and we just tried our best, but it just didn't work out. Do you as players, and we spoke about this since, didn't we, in the last part? Do you as players come off and say, do you know what we gave the best we could, but sometimes you've got to hold your hands up and admit that they were just better on the day? Yeah, definitely. I mean. How big, look at how big their club is, you know, their, things like their wage bill and that, you know, it's difficult to compete with teams sometimes like that, but, you know, we gave it a good go and that's where we want to be and to, to be beating teams like Cardiff who are up there as well, you want to be beating them as well and sort of prove that you should be around there, but yeah, just on the night it was a difficult one for us. As you say, on the positive, um, it was another 90 minutes in the tank for you following your return against Burton a week early. It must be pleasing to be back in the fray again. Yeah, definitely. I've been working hard at it. Um, I've been training, you know, non-stop since, since, uh, since I last played and just trying to get um, back on the pitch. I've had a little injury with my knees, just a bit of tendonitis, but um, yeah, that's, that seems to have cleared up now. So yeah, I'm just enjoying playing and I, I want to play some more. And how, how is the knee? It's, you say it's cleared up? All, yeah, all yeah, clear no, now? yeah, no, they're good now. It was just a little blip, I think, while the pitches were quite hard coming into sort of uh, the Christmas period, yep. playing a lot of... Uh, like uh, 
like a lot of training, a lot of games, a lot of warm ups, a lot of you know cool downs, things like that. So, but yeah, they're all good now. Good, Andy. Just just on that, uh, you know, obviously Darnell's had to bide his time. To I think he's made eleven appearances, five starts this season, but he's had to bide his time, hasn't he, to to get another shot at it, as it were, at right back in a in a three five two. As a young player, how difficult can that be? How how pleasing is it when you see someone stick to the task like he has done to play his way back into contention? Well, I'll answer your first part of your question. How difficult can it be? It, uh, I think certainly for youngsters, um, it can be difficult because you're quite impatient. You probably see uh, some performances and players playing ahead of you that you think you know you always think you can do better. Yeah. So you just got to train as best you can, uh, put the work in on the training ground, and be ready for when you get your opportunity. So, um, as I say, he's had to bide his time. I thought he was excellent at Burton. You know, I'm not just saying it because he's sitting in front of us. Um, thought he was excellent against Burton. Saturday was a tough game for the whole team, but, again, thought he acquitted himself really well. So, uh, his aim and probably ambition, if you're asking him from now to the, the, the end of the season, probably just to stay in the side. Darnell and do the best mm. you can. And You know, you, you, you talk about the, the amount of training you're doing. Is there any areas of your, of your game that you that you really spend an extra time on? Yeah, yeah. Um, before uh, Christmas and that, with the with the massive flurry of games, you're almost told not to stay out too long after training and things like that to protect yourself. But uh, when I can, the main area that I'm trying to improve is my crossing. You know, yeah. like getting into those areas and putting dangerous balls in that yeah. we can hurt teams with. You know, because at the end of the day, we need goals if we want to be up the top of the. So that's table. just something where you, the coaches are working with you, or yourself, or you know, your you, your dad's advice. Certain areas, yeah. you use a different technique or yeah. a certain you sort be of. Should speaking to you, since <laughs> <laughs> you could cross the ball back. Well, so you tell us. <laughs> yeah. Is that something you know, just varying your techniques, or yeah, you know, definitely, just, just yeah. really concentrating on your yeah, deliveries? The, the gaffer spoke to me about uh, from different where you're crossing from different areas, the different parts of your foot you should be using. You know, so whether it's a, a crossing session that he puts on, whether the coaching staff put it on, or whether it's just me staying out for five minutes afterwards on my own, mm-hmm. I've got to work on it. And sometimes when I'm doing it on my own, I find that. I can do exactly what I want to do. Yep. Like, I mean, sometimes yep. maybe the crossing uh, sessions that we do are a bit more realistic. It's, it's how it's going to come in a game. Yep. But when I want to really focus on something that I'm doing, then I need to yep. go on my own and kind of practice. Yeah. Just getting the ball in the right area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I, used, I, used got, to do, I used to do the same all those years ago. You know, take a sack of balls out on my own. No one mm-hmm. there, but just visualising my own mind where I'm trying to get them, at what sort of pace, at what sort of trajectory. You know, there's no one there to see you, and that's yeah. that's sometimes a nice thing, yeah. if you like. But uh, again, it's just that repetition, repetition, yeah. repetition until you perfect it. Because we've got a variation of strikers here, haven't we? Obviously, you've got your, your small pocket rockets, as it were, in, in Connor Washington and Aramide Ota, and then you know, your, your taller taller guys in, in Smithy and Silla. So yeah. you do need that variation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's important, um, especially in today's world of where fullbacks are expected to bomb forward yeah. at every opportunity. Speaking of which, you bombed forward nicely, didn't you, against Burton? It was nice to get that assist for Aramide Ote's first goal. For yeah, people. definitely. I mean, I've seen his face in the pictures uh, <laughs> of after, you know. He owes you big time. Right? Yeah, it meant a lot to him. Um, but yeah, no, it was really nice to get on the end of it and to set him up of all people as well, you know, get him off the mark. And he's worked hard at it. He's come, he's come here from Tottenham, you know, maybe he had a bit of disappointment not, not breaking through there. Yeah. But he's come here and he's put it all behind him and he's, he's ready to crack on now. Your aerial ability, is that something that you get from, from your dad? I mean, you've got <laughs> incredible hang time there when you do get up and that's a vital component whether you're defending or you're yeah. attacking. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, uh, I think it was when I was growing up, I was always very small. Yeah. So I had to be able to jump and meet the, meet the big guys in the air. So I so think... That's springing your step. Yeah, so I think now that... I've grown a bit and I'm sort of a bit older now. I think that's, that's helped me out a lot. How pleasing is it then? You, you know, Aramide Ote's come through recently, Paul Smith's come through, yourself, Ilias Chair, the list goes on. 
How pleasing is it to see these young players now being given an opportunity by the manager to, to prove their worth at first? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I first, when I was around under 16 age, under 17 age, I look up at what's ahead of me and the players that were sitting in the under, what, what was the under 21s was like, they're unbelievable players, but they're nowhere near the first team. You know, they just go out every day, they're training 21s and they're playing games and that's good for a certain stage of your career. Like when I first went into the 21s, it was excellent for me. Like, yeah. you know, I needed to learn that new style of game and sometimes you'd be coming out to say a team like Swansea playing against them and they've got one of their first team players that's trying yeah. to get back that you're playing against. So it's, it's definitely a great league, but then there's a, there's a time where you need to move on. And I feel like a lot of the players are starting to do that. I think the, the opportunity is there now with who we've got in the, in the coaching staff, in the management. Yeah. And I think that, that it's just important that the boys believe in it. You know, it might not happen straight away. It didn't happen for me straight away. Um, so, yeah, you've just got to believe it and crack on. And I'd say to the scholars who are over training, maybe not on the same site, just be ready at any time because yeah. any minute you'll be called over to the 23s and then someone gets injured in the first team and they're straight over again. You said the timing now feels right for you to be in the first team and playing regularly. How important then was the time you spent out on loan? Because you, you've had a couple of loan yeah. spells out yeah. and about. How important is that to getting you to where you are today and where you want to be in the It's, it's massive. Good I mean, grounding for it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Once you, once you manage to become comfortable in the under-23s, you need to be playing against not just the, the men that are coming back from injury and the odd one you need yeah. to be playing against men week in week out so when I went out, went out on loan I, I found that like massively I found that my first game when I went out on loan to Northampton I couldn't believe the amount of times the ball was being put on my head you know? really? like, yeah so <laughs> them diags were coming from everywhere but, <laughs> but yeah no, it, it definitely helped me out massively the managers that I went out to were great with me yeah. Um, so yeah they, they prepared me in the best way and yeah I've taken everything from it Since just one for you then how, how encouraging is it to see the likes of Darnell and co coming through because that's what QPR's always been about hasn't it blood in their own well first of all it's uh, it's great to see them coming through you know it's um, it's the way over the last couple of years the way the club's going and the way the club has to go you know uh, but I think people appreciate when you, you do get your own through I think it's really really uh, rewarding you know Darnell and the other guys that have that have come in I think it's quite important to, to stress that, you know, with youngsters stepping into the first team, sometimes they're going to be a little bit up and down. That's, yep. a, that's a natural thing that happens at any player, any club in the country. So, you know, let's not expect um, not too, too, much too much on them as a group. You know, so coming in for a couple of games, dipping out a little bit, a little bit different with Darnell because he made his debut a few years ago. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's great to see. And any advice I could give them would be, you know, just keep working as hard as you can on the training ground keep doing what you're good at work at your weaknesses you know but just 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 put the hours in and you get your rewards um further down the line and the good thing is certainly from the outside looking in or perhaps not the outside outside but being in the inner circle as such you do see uh a blend, a nice blend of youth and experience in that dressing room obviously the skipper's got great experience and likes of james perch alex smith has played lots of games at this level so when these young players are coming in they're feeling part of it straight away aren't they and yeah, that, yeah that must be really helpful for a young kid coming into the yeah club. definitely i mean when you first come in they'll test you of course but, they will. Yeah. that's that's part and parcel when it's and it almost makes you feel welcome you know because you're when they're mucking about with you in terms of having banter with you and things like that you know it's, it One helps you settle in yeah you, for, you forget about it and then when you're on the pitch now it's, it's time to be serious so the characters that they are, I mean, the amount I've learned off of Perchy, Chief, all of them. I play next to Chief, and the amount I'm learning off of him is 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 massive, you know. So it's just it's just important that the youngsters that come up when they do step up, they're taking on on board every bit of information they can. So 
definitely. Bristol City this weekend, uh, another tough game. They're all tough at this level. We've got a, a real tough run of away fixtures coming up. But is now a good time to play Bristol City? If you look at them bowing out of the Carabao Cup at the hands of Man City, is it a case of... Because if you look at their league form, certainly in the last couple of weeks, they've mm. slipped off the radar a bit whilst the focus has been on the Carabao mm. Cup. They're now out of that. Is it a good time? Is it a bad time? Yeah, yeah. definitely. I think, I think it's a good time for us, you know. I mean, they've, they've had a difficult game the other night um, against Man City and they've done very well. You know, they've done very well with their season. We've got to show them great respect because they're a great side at the mm. end of the day. But, you know, to be, for them to have had a game midweek and be concentrating on something else and now... Now it's like the dirty bit of the league, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and we're ready to go off the back of that defeat. We want to put that right. So, yeah, we're just ready to go against them. And the players must be encouraged with the away form because it has picked up over the last few weeks as well. It's almost like the game plan is there now. You know exactly what you're doing. It's just about executing it. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's changed a bit since the start of the season. It was the other way around. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely like we, we're, we're comfortable with going away now. We're, we're comfortable with playing at home. It just so happened that it didn't work the other night. So, but, yeah, we definitely need to put that right. Great to hear the thoughts there of Darnell Furlong and the seamless link. Darnell Furlong's dad, uh, the legendary Paul Furlong, has been inducted into the Forever Hours Club since its launch uh, last season. And Saturday was a really special one, wasn't it, since it was the posthumous inductions at Loftus Road. Five players who are sadly no longer with us inducted into our ex-players association. And it was a bit of a tearjerker at times, uh, especially when Ray Jones is... Mum, God bless her, broke down in tears as we presented her to the R's faithful. But it was a really special afternoon. Yeah, they're, they're, they're lovely days. They are tinged with, uh, one, it's a celebration, but they are tinged with sadness for, for, for obvious reasons, you know. But, uh, you know, they're lovely when it's a lot of hard work by lots of people goes into these days coming off. And when it comes off quite well, uh, or very well, um, it's quite rewarding, you know. The, the club have made amazing strides on that, and when you see the responses we get, sort of during the day, uh, certainly after the day, and the, the, the couple of days immediately afterwards, you know, the the, the texts, the emails um, that we get on a, on an individual individual basis, it just shows what it actually means to the families that their loved ones or family members are still remembered at Queen's Park Rangers, yeah. and you know, uh, by the fans who. You know, have seen them play over many, many, many years. And I guess at this point, it's important that we also pay tribute to the committee, the Forever Isles committee: Chris Guy, Martin Percival, Tony Incenzo, Gordon Macy, all lifelong QBR fans, QBR nuts, statisticians, reporters. They tick all the boxes. Those four, and those guys play an integral role, don't they? In days like that, where you're contacting family members because you haven't got, obviously, you can't contact the player because they're sadly passed. So those connections that those guys make because of their their knowledge, their contacts, are really important for the Forever Arts Club. Yeah, they, they, they do an amazing job for us, you know, and we um, we thank them and I thank them for, for their input, what they do. There's certainly a couple of families represented on Saturday that directly came from them, yeah. you know, so without their input, we wouldn't be able to get in touch with the the relative family members. So, uh, And it's nice that they can share the day as well. Uh, you know, it's... It's a big part of what we're trying to do and pulling it all together. At, uh, but yeah, yeah, you're right to, to mention them. They they deserve a lot of credit. And the Forever Hours goes from strength to strength, doesn't it? We had the Stars of Loftus Road 100 event, which uh, I'm pleased to say has raised just short £2,000 that will go in the kitty for the Forever Hours Club, which is great. Um, and not only have we got some 
future inductions coming up, but we've also got the Forever Ours Golf Day coming up uh, in April. It's a, a sellout already. We didn't even have to put it on sale this year because everybody that took the team last year was taking the team again this year, and that promises to be a day to remember at Stockley Park as well. Yeah, it's one to, again, you know, one to look forward to. Uh, again, the uptake has been amazing. Everyone that put a team in last year had such a good time, you know, being back amongst... I don't like to use it, but other people use you know legends of QPR. They can play alongside them, share stories, uh, and spend the day. Uh, the former players were terrific last year, and already we've um, I think a one short of getting the full quota of former players committing to the day. So yep. that's that's nice, you know, big names. Uh, Who have we got so far that you can? Tease can, for us. Uh, well, we've got Ray Wilkins, we've got Dave Seaman, we've got Clive Allen. We've Clive got, Allen's a great one. Yeah, we've got Paul Goddard, we've got the younger generation of Rowley and Cookie, who, you know, comes to defend his uh, title that he won last year. You know, Clive Wilson was part of the winning team, so he'll be back defending his trophy. Um, so, yeah, so um, I miss loads, Ed, but that's, uh, that's a few that you've asked me to mention. But uh, looking forward to it, another great day, all for a great cause, and... Uh, Long may these sort of things continue. You know, the Forever Oz um, night that we had, 100 years at Loftus Road, was brilliant to yeah. have Phil Parks back, Bob Hazel, Kevin Gallen, and obviously I had to stand in or sit in for for Jamie who was injured. But, you know, the fans' reaction to that, brilliant. You know, they, they hear things that they maybe knew, didn't know, or never knew. And, you know, there's a lot of laughter and people are coming up to me saying, oh, can we do more, can we do more? And for me, that's... That's really nice because Warner gets the fans back in touch with former players and vice versa gets former players back in touch with fans and everyone had a great time. And what we should say is that anybody, if anybody's got any ideas for any other events that they want to bring forward, just come and speak to myself or Andy. We're obviously at, at, at most games, home and away. Um, and come and see us. Let us know what your ideas yep. are. I think the stars of events uh, at Loftus Road, you know, the stars on the stool as they were, are, are great. But your role goes a little bit further than that and it was tinged with a bit of sadness last week because you had to attend the, the funeral of Jerry Francis's mum and dad who both passed away just before Christmas sadly yeah I got uh, I got told um, about it over the Christmas time but out of respect for the time of the year I didn't make contact with Jerry until yeah. in the new year um, I tried to ring him and got no response so I just dropped him a text to say you know everyone at QPR yeah, fans included are, are thinking of you um, Jerry's response to me wasn't by ringing he just texted me by well he texted me and he said absolutely devastated can't speak but um, the few are both funerals uh, so I, I was a little bit sketchy with the details but out of respect for Jerry I didn't want to pry too much and didn't want to delve you know because he was obviously going through a really bad time but uh, but on the day, yeah. It was yourself, Les and Ollie who attended. Yeah, Gary Penrice, Penrice as well. Penny plus, was there as well. Uh, you know, Ian Gillard, plus Phil Parks, yeah. uh, various people from the past who've represented the club. And obviously, you know, Jerry's held in. Huge esteem. Huge esteem. And, you know, I'm speaking from a personal base. Biggest influence on my career as a manager. And if you speak to a lot of players, they'll say exactly the same. So uh, I knew his dad, uh, Roy, because Roy used to follow him up and down the country. He used to sit in the dressing room. Didn't know his mum that well, but had met a lovely family. Um, but out of respect for Jerry and his parents, um, QPR were well represented at the funeral. Lovely service, just like any funeral. And you know what? To lose your mum and dad within a week, I just, I just can't comprehend. Can't put it into words. Yeah. Yeah. So may, um, they, may they both rest in peace. So Andy, Bristol City, um, they're out the Carabao Cup. They lost to... 
Manchester City, didn't they? 5-3 over the two legs. Fantastic, though, what they've done um, for the Football League. They've really put the Football League on the map in that competition. Just a word about their run to the semi-finals before we get stuck in to Saturday's game because you've enjoyed cup runs over the years. But when you're an underdog like they were, they beat Manchester United, they beat a number of Premier League teams, a huge number of scalps on their way to the semi-final. Credit to them. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant what uh, Lee Johnson's done down there. You know, I think it's quite apt to mention that about a year ago, I think they'd gone about 17 games. It's fun last year, roughly, yeah. Yeah, without winning a game. Cool that was all, all sorts of things going around, you know. But uh, credit to the board, they uh, they they saw what he was trying to do, you know, with younger players, etc., etc. And they're, they're reaping their rewards this year. They've had a fantastic season. They're a good side. Great run that they've had, which ended the other night, you know, but um, did themselves proud and, as they say, did the championship proud. Is it a good time to play them? They're currently fifth. They're five points outside the automatic promotion places. But this run to the cup seems to have affected their league form. They've lost three of their last four. They've only drawn one in that period as well, Derby County. So that's one point from a, a possible 12. We, we obviously drew with them, didn't we? Only just, just less than a month ago or just over a month ago, December 23rd. Is now a good time to, to go and play them? <laughs> I'll tell you at five o'clock on yeah. Saturday night, but is it a good time? Listen, who knows? Uh, they've had a great season. I was delighted, actually, when they beat Man United and saw the euphoria going around because the next game was against us. Yeah. I saw all their interviews, not once did they mention us. Yeah. All their focus about was about was playing Manchester City. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute, you've got four league games before then, mm-hmm. and it's coincided with a, a downturn in results. Form, yeah. But, uh, you know, they've got some good players Lee Johnson will now have dusted them down. He'll get them in the dressing room. So right, we've had our we've we've had our bit of glory. We've had our moment in the sun. But now this is the bread and butter. Let's get back on track. And unfortunately for us, they're going to try and get back on track against us on uh, Saturday. And if you believe the rumour mill uh, that goes around at this time of year, Aidan Flint, subject of a six million pound bid, rejected, I should say, from Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, he scored against. Uh, well, he scored for us last time because it was known goal, wasn't it? Um, but he's he's a threat at centre half. But Lee Johnson's side, you know what you're going to get. They're hard-working, they're aggressive, they've got pace in the attacking third through Reed, especially. Patterson's a threat. It's going to be a tough game again. Very tough game. You know, a, a, a noisy crowd who are... It won't be as noisy as it was on the Tuesday Yeah, it was night amazing, wasn't it? But a noisy crowd where, you know, those supporters there can can see what's being done at the football club, have stuck with them. As we said last year, 17 games yeah. without a win. Yeah. Could have quite easily gone the other way, and I'm sure many of them... Did start the turn, you know, but that's uh, going to be a tough game. Um, but it's about us. Dust ourselves down after the weekend and uh, put on a good performance. Be resolute, start the game. Don't give them any lifts after what they've just come through at the uh, on Wednesday night or Tuesday night, whenever it was. And let's see, see if we can get a positive result, which I'm sure we can. 